This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534 and Pearl Jam at Rock 102. Well, here's a surprise uh, for those of you planning to do the uh, Springfield downtown concert on Thursday afternoon uh, with Trailer Trash tonight. Trailer Trash is actually becoming a rare band to see now. Between last year's pandemic and this year's rain, so many shows are being canceled. It's ridiculous. It should be raining pretty, pretty good by 4 o'clock this afternoon uh, right through tonight. Well, that's bad news. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. But I got some other bad news. Mm-hmm. Ron Popeil died at the age of 86. Popeil? Ron Popeil at the and, age of 86. And, and uh, Dusty Hill? And that was the other bad news I was going to mention. Uh, Dusty Hill is easy top died. Uh, at the age of 72, allegedly in his sleep, we'll, oh, we'll, nice. be, we'll be playing uh, ZZ Top music throughout the morning. What? Uh, what's the third? Who's the third? That is not clear. Might happen this morning. I don't wish that on anybody, but I think you have to just expect that somebody's right around the corner. Was Popeil the uh, the haircut thing? He did. Uh, he had many different products. In no, the, but I uh, mean that big. What was the big? The flow. The flow. I don't remember if that was uh, Ron Popeil. I think the. Uh, I think there were some like uh, vegetable shredders he had. Nah, I really have to look nah. up on the uh, on the websites to well, know for sure. Look it up. We shall do. It's five thirty-five. With Bax and O'Brien, a Rock One Hundred Two. Hi, it's Carla from Volvo Cars Pioneer Valley, and we're happy to be a part of Bacon and Brew. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Credence on Rock 102. We shouldn't even play that song anymore. Have you ever seen the rain? When's the last time it hasn't rained? Well, there are some shut-ins that don't open a window, and they don't uh, they don't know what's going on outside. I got an email right now from, uh, from my uh, lawn watering system, right? Right. Because it tells you when it's not going to run or is going to run, and, it's, and it cancels a scheduled run if it's going to rain. This email tells me, so far, I have saved 935 gallons of water. See? And you want to complain about the rain? Yes. This is yes, I do. You're saving money hand over fist with this thing. 935 gallons of water I've saved. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's just yeah. the best thing that's ever happened to you. No, I, I don't think so. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve Nagel, the Rock 102? Well, ZZ Top bassist Dusty Hill died on Tuesday. There's no word yet on his cause of death. His bandmates Billy Gibbons and Frank Beard said, quote, We, along with legions of uh, ZZ Top fans around the world, will miss your steadfast presence, your good nature, and enduring commitment to providing that monumental bottom to the top. If you will. Yeah. <laughs> yes, top. Top. We will be forever connected to that blues shuffle in C. You will be greatly missed, amigo. Yeah, I told you. They, uh, I saw that ZZ Top documentary on Netflix a while back. Mm. It was fantastic. Fantastic. It, I mean, I'm not, I can't say I'm a huge ZZ Top fan. I don't hate them, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't have all their albums. But it was really, really interesting. Hmm. Uh, Dusty wasn't ZZ Top's original bass player, but he joined just uh, before they recorded their debut album in 1971. He, Billy, and Frank remained a solid lineup up until the very end. He wasn't the original, but he was on the debut album. It's kind of like, uh, what is it, Queen. Queen was like that. Freddie Mercury wasn't the original singer of the band. But he was on the first album? Yeah, well, I mean, the huh. band exists long before they can record anything. I guess, but what do who you think cares? You start a band and the next week you're doing an album? Well, I would think then it doesn't really matter. 
from the day you uh, were starting an album, that's when you were born. He's the only bass player that any ZZ Top fan knows. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's true. In 2010, Dusty actually talked about what he wanted on his tombstone. He said, quote, it may sound morose, but you never get younger. I've come up with some ideas and rejected them all. For uh what, what, like a frozen pizza? No, an inscription on his, on his uh, yeah. gravestone. Oh, ins- the great gravestone. Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants a frozen pizza after they die. There's an I ins- wanted to die after a few frozen pizzas. He said there's an inscription on a wooden marker over a grave in Boot Hill that says, uh, Here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a 44, no less, no more. <laughs> he goes, I love the humor in that. Yeah. Plus, Lester Moore. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's you right. bring up a good point. And, uh, of course, uh, another... Uh, national treasure has passed away. Ronco Kingpin Ron Popeil died yesterday after a medical emergency. Just said it and forget it. That's the uh, so many great products came out of that Ronco he company. He was 86. Over the years, Popeil sold tons of products through infomercials, including the Vegematic, the Pocket Fisherman, and Mr. Microphone. I didn't know he did Mr. Microphone. He did Mr. Microphone. Wow. He also did uh, the smokeless ashtray and. The inside the shell egg scrambler. How do you scramble an egg inside the shell? Popeil figured it out. That's what made him a national treasure, like Steve said. Mm-hmm. How do you eat it? You crack the egg, and inside is a scrambled egg, and you heat it up. It would seem to me a scrambled egg would take up a lot more mass than a, a raw egg. You know, you can question Mr. Popeil all you'd like, but right. he made millions yeah. and millions of dollars off these products. And he could make as millions and millions and millions as he wants, but he's dead. Well, he's he filed for bankruptcy on more than one occasion, so yeah. it, uh, wasn't, it wasn't all uh, all about the cash. Oh, man. I'm on his website right now. They do have a, a, a category listed as past products. It's two columns. And uh, they've got to be, I don't know, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 4. they got to be 25 co- things per column. Wow. 50 things overall. He was really good at marketing uh, his inventions. Yeah, I, I guess know. so. That was a genius. He was, a, that That was like, what's, what's that show on uh, AB, Shark Tank? Mm-hmm. He, he was like the Shark Tank guy before everybody else uh, was Shark Tank cool. Right, before, before sharks even existed. Right. You know, he was the guy that invented the rhinestone stud setter. Mm-hmm. The uh, basically yeah. the precursor to the, the diamond stutter. Yeah, the yeah. Ronco spray gun. Man did it all. The spray gun. Yes. I wonder yes. what that entailed. The uh, this, oh oh, you can't click on any of these things. Uh, David Letterman's Late Show segment, "Stupid Pet Tricks," is being turned into a half-hour series on TBS because you know it's only been six years since that show's been off the air. Uh, but there are new pets with new tricks. So it's a it's a new thing that Letterman's hosting? No, he's not even hosting it. Sarah yeah. Silverman will host, and it'll also have surprise celebrity guests. Is it being called David Letterman's Stupid Pet Tricks? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's I just, doubt it's, it. They're... It's being in quotes. It says Stupid Pet Tricks. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. basically taking the concept and using it as their own. Ten episodes. I cannot wait for this to come out. Mm. I do like Sarah Silverman, though. Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers singer Anthony Kiedis put his Hawaiian home up for sale for about $10 million. The land was originally purchased from Sly Stallone and sits next door to an ancient burial ground. But at least the view is breathtaking. Once again, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, watching this Woodstock uh, 99 documentary, 
And uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were a real problem. Them and uh, who did I say yesterday? Not Slipknot, but uh, um, there was another. Um, or maybe maybe it was Slipknot, but I mean there were, there were bands there that just. Who's Fred Durst? Where was he from? Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit was another one. Yeah, they were just. They were asked to try to calm the crowd, and not only did they not do that, they, whipped they them incited them. Yes, yes. They made them much, much worse. There's actually a lot of uh, musicians that cannot stand the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I can't not, stand that. Not, not musically, uh, personality-wise. Personality-wise, I yeah. can't stand Anthony Kiedis. I can't stand that song. We play that one song by them, and I can't stand it. Under uh, the Bridge? No, the bird with the lonely view or something like that. I don't know which one that is. It's yeah. awful. It's awful. And we have to listen to it every day here. But this this whole this whole weekend of fun looks just like like it was a nightmare. The whole thing was a nightmare. And yet the promoters were continuing all weekend to tell everybody how great it was. MTV even fled. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they couldn't Carson Daly and uh uh the promoters were blaming Kurt Loder for a lot of the problems. Uh, John Bon Jovi and Whitney Houston are among a handful of famous New Jersey natives who are getting rest stops dedicated to them on the Garden State oh, Parkway. Oh, sweet. Oh, the Whitney Houston rest stop. Uh, can I take a bath? You could take a bath. <laughs> you might never leave the rest stop, but you can take a bath. Others include Frank Sinatra, James Gandolfini, Connie Chung, Judy Bloom, and Tony Morrison. Each star will have an exhibit at his or her designated rest stop courtesy of the New Jersey Hall of Fame. And you're probably wondering why Bruce Springsteen isn't one of those honors. I am definitely wondering. Why isn't Uh, Bruce Springsteen one of those people? He respectfully declined to have a service area named after him. Probably goes, I don't want no dudes up in the bathroom, you know, doing things with my name. No, you don't know But Bruce, we were going to call it Thunder Road. (laughs) Uh, He, uh, his... A spokesperson said it should be noted, though, that Bruce has been very supportive of the New Jersey Hall of Fame over the years and is very much part of the fabric of the hall. So well, there you go. You know, he just doesn't want one named after. Right, him. doesn't want a rest stop. He doesn't want a place where guys are going to stop in the middle of the night to give each other uh, <laughs> pleasure. But baby, we were born to run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is your Hollywood trash. I'm Rock 102. I am Pioneer. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember the coronavirus? Boy, that thing sure was a problem. And you remember all that needless worry about COVID running roughshod over the Olympic Games in Tokyo, where vaccination rates are still between 8 and 10%? Well, I'm encouraged to tell you that in spite of the fact that 198 people associated with the Olympic Games, including 23 athletes, have all tested positive, have placed no additional burden on Tokyo's medical system whatsoever. That's according to the International Olympic Committee, who, as you know, would never offer a misleading public statement during a crisis. According to the IOC, of those 198 people, only two of them have been hospitalized, and neither of those cases is severe. Again, that's according to the IOC, which would have no compelling reason to deceive or to manipulate facts to support how well they've handled themselves in this situation so far. I mean, other than the fact that they've largely ignored the current explosion of positive cases throughout the city of Tokyo in just the last 24 hours, where, for example, yesterday the city of Tokyo just announced that there were 3,177 new cases, which has been the single worst day on record. And 
again the first time that number has exceeded 3,000 cases in a single day. But don't worry about the Olympics. The IOC has got this all under control. You see, the IOC apparently knows how to protect their participants better than any other medical organization in the world. Clearly, those 198 positive cases in the Olympic Village are not contributing to an overburdened public health structure. It's all supervised. As long as there are medals to win, sponsorships to fulfill, and revenue to generate, the IOC will continue to closely monitor the situation as you would expect. Sure, there are thousands of people jamming up the city's 650 hospitals, but that's only 4.8 sick people coming into each hospital every single day. See? That doesn't sound so bad, does it? Oh, yeah. It's all under control because the IOC knows how to handle these kinds of things in a way that none of us could ever possibly understand. In fact, I feel better already. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. What kind of mess you got on you now? How about a Craftsman Weft Dryback for only 24 bucks? You can get it with your Ace Rewards card from Rocky's Ace Hardware. The July sales flyer on the Rocky's website is loaded with great bargains like that $24 Craftsman Wet Dryback. Available now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock 613 and ZZ Top on Rock 102. Of course, uh, many of you might be hearing for the first time at uh, Dusty Hill as ZZ Top died. Uh, this week at the age of 72, apparently in his sleep. He died this week and they're just hearing it now? Well, I don't know what day. I mean, it, we heard about this yesterday. So. Uh, later in the day, but died in his sleep. So we're going to play ZZ Top music all morning? Well, I mean, we're probably like once an hour. <sighs> I hope Steve Miller lives at least another three and a half years. All right. You know what? Because <laughs> I got to get to retirement. Will you stop Before it? he dies. Please. Well, actually, we play him once an hour now, anyhow. Will you stop? You know, uh, I'm very lucky that uh, by talking for a living, because talking, obviously, is different than writing. Although not all the time. Sometimes talking can be just as bad. But I'm lucky that in all my years of talking, I've never said anything really stupid. Oh, my God. Yeah, are you yeah. wrong? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm I, so I, lucky. I can, I can come up with a list of 35 uh-huh. things off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. So uh, I did this in sports a few minutes ago. Uh, Italian tennis player Fabio Fognini. Now, uh, well, let me finish the story. He's apologized for yelling at himself using a homophobic slur. Now... I can probably think of one popular homophobic slur, and the guy's last name is F-O-G-N-I-N-I. I would have said, no, I said fog. I said, oh, you stupid fog. That's what I call myself. I mm. call myself fog. Right. You know, like, that, that like- would have been a perfect, instead of saying which he did. He he admitted it. He said, "Yes, I I you know the heat was bothering me. It was a really stupid thing for me to say, uh, but I said it." But, but everyone's been calling me that for years. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere I go, people are like, "Hey, look, it's a fog. Fog yeah. is here." <sighs> yeah, but you see, uh, we live in a culture <sighs> that takes any sort of inference yeah. to a uh, to a. A, a group of people that might be offended by that, mm. and they just uh, they explode the whole thing. Well, then there are those, uh, of course, who put it in writing, um, which is, I believe, and see now I've uh, I've called this article down to the point where I don't remember where this came from, but 
Novak Djokovic apparently yesterday in an interview, now Novak is playing in the Olympics, said that pressure is a privilege. In uh, He was asked about mental health, the issues with, um, oh God, Naomi Simone. Osaka and, uh, Simone Biles. and Simone Biles. And the top-ranked Serbian was asked how he deals with the pressure of attempting to become the first man in tennis to achieve a golden slam. Now, I presume that means all the top tennis tournaments and the Olympics, because um, usually it's the Grand Slam. He said that uh, without pressure, there is no professional sport. And if you are aiming to be at the top of the game, you better start learning how to deal with pressure and how to cope with those moments. Really kind of stupid thing to say well i mean there is some level of truth to it but it's insensitive to say because not everybody deals with pressure in the same way yeah you know and and you know simone biles for example i mean uh, naomi osaka is really just at the very beginning of her career but at 24 years old simone biles has proven uh her greatness mm-hmm. and you know any pressure she's facing you know is beyond just going back to the Olympics and, and and winning a medal. It's a lot more on her than anything else. Everyone's expecting her around the world to win this thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm amazed by, you know, while it's a, fra- it's a small minority, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm amazed by how many people are being critical of her I know. for backing out. It's I like, know. what are you talking about? She doesn't need anyone's permission mm-hmm. to take care of herself Mentally, and I mean, whatever that, to, to be able to do that, I think is a courageous act. And whatever and, level of truth you think there is to what Novak Djokovic said, you know, you'd have to hear the whole rest of the interview. You'd have to hear at least the question to which he responded that way, because you know he's being asked about Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. If this were just a general conversation about mental health and professional sports, it'd be a different story. But but it sounds there like what he's saying is. These two women did not prepare themselves to be at the top of their games, and, and I just, I just think that's really uh, it, insensitive. It, it, it's terribly insensitive. But you know, again, <sighs> to perform at his level, he's clearly had to deal with this, mm-hmm. with the pressure of 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 being, you know, a, a great champion. He's been able to do it. Simone Biles has been able to do it. She's not able to do it now. You know, and people's you know mental capacity ebbs and flows over a period of time. To me, that is not about weakness. You know, to me, it's strength in saying this is more important than any medal or any accolade. I've already I've already proven to myself and to the world what I'm capable of. Right now, I need to focus on me, and that's and I think that's important. Yep. I think more people should do that. I don't like to necessarily uh, condemn groups of people. But uh, when it seems like a majority of individuals sharing the same opinion are in the same group, it's hard not to. Okay, so uh, there are a lot of smart and reasonable Republicans in uh, in both the House and the Senate. There are a lot of smart. There's probably a majority of them that are smart. It's probably a minority that are the ones that make you go, you know, you're really giving all the rest of us a bad name. Uh, I'm watching this story last night on NBC News uh, about the about the pandemic, about the return of masks. 
and about the response in Washington. And this uh, Chip Roy of Texas uh, gets up, and he's and he's yelling, and sitting right behind him is Marjorie Taylor Greene. So he's yelling, consider resentment being magnified right here on the floor of representatives. We are absolutely sick and tired of it, and so are the American people. Is What is it? Masks or vaccines? Which is it? I don't understand this uh. alleged confusion. First of all, unlike Chip Roy, viruses evolve and they change. So what we were doing a year ago to protect ourselves from this is not necessarily what we're doing a year later. Right. And that's not unusual. So let me let me first address the, the political aspect of it, because what you are hearing are the extreme edges of these political parties. The extreme edge of the Democratic Party are the... Are, uh, you know, are the, are the most you know fanatically liberal group. What you're hearing from the Republican parties are the most uh, fanatical conservative groups. And what's happening is the extremes are defining the entire party. Mm-hmm. I believe unfairly because I think there's a, a larger group uh, in the middle, a more moderate group in the middle, that their message gets squashed because it doesn't make the kinds of headlines or uh, sound bites that people care about and when one of their one of their leaders is one of those extremes it doesn't help them any no, either it, it absolutely a, it absolutely doesn't and but a it, guy like kevin mccarthy does not help the 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 republicans because he's one of the extremes walking around saying he's not going to wear a mask and he doesn't understand why we're supposed to be wearing masks again and what about the vaccine i thought that was supposed to save us it, it's these these things change. We've got these variants now. We've got this one particular variant, and we're finding out that even fully vaccinated people can infect other people. And you know what else changes? Yeah, uh, people's votes. Yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, that's important for a lot of these people to uh, understand too that they have the power to vote these kinds of people out of office. And the ones who even can't be voted out of office, the. The Dr. Fauci's, the Deborah Burks's, the Robert Redfield's, the, you know, those people, the scientists. Robert are, Redfield was so good in Sundance Kid. I, I, I preferred him in The Sting. Um, but it's it's just, you know, for the ones who don't believe in science, I, I just, if Thomas Dolby taught us nothing. And for the most part, he didn't teach us well, anything. come on now. It's uh, 622 in Rock 102. It's just about 626 of Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. So once again, I'm looking at 22 and watching uh, Kelly Clarkson's uh, uh, seven-day s- forecast. Stop it with that Kelly Clarkson's garbage. I, I Kelly keep, Reardon. 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 I keep, I keep forgetting. It's like strep throat. I, I, I forget. It gets into my head. I'm not going ha- to sit here and have you disrespect Kelly Reardon that way. So for the, for the next seven days, uh, rain today, rain tomorrow, Presumably no rain on Saturday. Sunday and Monday, rain. Presumably no rain on Tuesday. Wednesday, rain. All right. So, but if it's morning showers on Friday and then uh, and night showers on Sunday, mm. it's still a pretty decent weekend. Uh, no. No. Because, first of all, uh, while many days have not been complete rainouts, when it has rained, it's been a deluge and it's lasted hours. 
and and, and it can ruin uh, a barbecue, uh, an outdoor concert, yeah. uh, any number of things that last for hours, even though most of the day may be dry. I suggest grilling a little bit early. Yeah. That's what I suggest. I just, uh, this is... You can always reheat in the microwave. I would love to believe that this is calendar-driven. Today's the 29th. Tomorrow, uh, 30 days in November. there's going to be two more days left, and then that's it. It'll stop raining August 1st mm-hmm. and won't rain once in all of August. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice, but I don't know if it's realistic to make those kinds of predictions. You are not a meteorologist like the wonderful Kelly Reardon. Yeah, it's not so much a prediction. It's simply a hope, and God knows what I've done with most of my hopes. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Baxson O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious springfield's classic rock you know i got the covid vaccine you did i did but i've noticed a very weird side effect every time i sneeze i hear that microsoft error sound (laughs) see because it's a chip (laughs) and bill gates is tracking everybody really understand any of that joke at all (laughs) (laughs) booyah 632 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A serious motor vehicle accident on Main Street in Springfield sent one person to the hospital Wednesday afternoon. The person taken to the hospital suffered non-life-threatening injuries after crashing into a traffic light pole. Uh, that's according to fire officials. It's unknown if another vehicle was involved. Uh, yeah, I just uh, thinking again the other day, I was over at the uh, cancer center. And for some reason, I, I associate this m- happening mostly on Main Street in downtown, these kids with the bikes and the dirt bikes and those kinds of things. And, you know, uh, and and you hear about the injuries of this person in the accident, you'll hear nothing afterwards. You heard about the beating of the motorist by the kids on the bikes up uh, near the X. Haven't heard another word about uh, those injuries. I mean, I know they were very, very serious. He was in critical condition. And then, you know, even just sitting yesterday on my bike at a light while a bunch of these kids went by, it's like you you don't even want to look at them. You, you know, you, you just start, <clears throat> you worry that even given maybe one the stink eye could get them to come back and uh, and especially if you're on a bike. You're not, you're not at least protected on the inside of a car. Um, I don't know how I got off on this from just a two-car accident. I don't know how you but, did uh, But, but I, I, did, I got distracted. I saw a kid yesterday. I had uh, lunch downtown yesterday, and I saw a kid on uh, Main and Harrison. Mm-hmm. You know exactly where that is, right? Across oh, the street sure from uh, Tower yeah. Square and yeah. everything else. So, kid's on a dirt bike, and uh, the, the light goes green. He starts driving. Now, in the middle of the intersection, you can try to imagine this. He gets up. He stands up on the bike. On the seat. On the seat. Yep. With one leg. Yep. One foot is on the seat. Yep. And then he uh, he does a wheelie mm. and is on the seat with one foot. Yeah. Now, I know that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But, it's but there's, a, there's a part of me that says, Damn. my God, that kid's got some real class A talent. That's oh, yeah. evil Knievel type stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I read a story yesterday. Remember we were talking about the uh, the skateboarders in the Olympics and, and how many times they must fall 
before they're able to pull off a stunt like that. Right. And the article was about how you have to learn how to fall. You need to learn how to take a fall, how to how to roll into one, how to do, you know. And I'm sure this kid on the bike, uh, many times that that wheelie thing went wrong. Yeah, and he fell, but I, not in the middle of Maine and Harrison. Then later on in the day, this again, it's I don't know how these kids learn how to do this because I never did this on a bicycle. I'm driving through a construction zone, right? And so there's like a bunch of cones on the road. And it's like, you know, it probably goes, you know, another 100 yards beyond where the construction uh, begins or ends. And then there's a kid on a bicycle. I try to imagine this now. Kid is standing up, and he is kicking the back tire as he is riding the bike to hit every single cone. He's kicking the back tire like to hit the cone? Like, he's using his feet to jerk the bike back, just the back tire hit the cone, kick it back, so then he's riding straight again. And he did it, like, with every cone. It's like, man, this is a skill set yeah. that is, is, uh, is you know, this kid should be in the terribly Olympics. irresponsible well, and dangerous, but but yeah. wildly impressive. Yeah. yeah, a lot of talent in this area. Yeah. i got to tell you, you know, there I've seen some circus acts that didn't have that kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know, physical... Uh, prowess, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, these kids, to be, these kids are to be commended. They should all be joining the circus. A uh, Springfield man has pleaded not guilty in Orange District Court to more than two do- dozen charges related to an alleged sexual assault of two children. On Monday, 48-year-old Jose Oquendo of Springfield, who previously lived in Athol, was arrested by officers at the Athol Police Station after a nine-month-long investigation. According to Northwestern DA spokesperson Lori Loisel, Oquendo was arraigned on Tuesday uh, for a slew of charges. Uh, Quindo's bail was, was set for $100,000 cash. He uh, is ordered to stay away from the alleged victims and wear an electronic monitoring device. This is not the same uh, Jose Akendo that used to play with the St. Louis Cardinals, right? Don't know, but I'm guessing probably not. Wasn't there a song called uh, When Will You Be Mine? Tell Me Oquendo, Oquendo, Oquendo? That's Quando, 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 Quando. I knew I was on the right track, though. Close. A uh, new bill at the state house would prevent first responders from taking photos of victims. It all stems from a murder that happened 10 years ago in the city of Chicopee. The bill's sponsor, Chicopee State Rep. Joe Wagner, said he's hoping to get some closure for the family of Amanda Plass. Back in 2011, Chicopee police took and dis, uh, dis- disseminated pictures of murder victim Amanda Plass. Plass's family was devastated to learn that the images were sent to colleagues and members of the public. Now they're turning their grief into advocacy, and they're hoping the legislature will join them in their fight. You gotta pay attention to this, though, because it's it's the wording that is important. Uh, the the bill would prevent first responders from taking photographs of victims at crime scenes unless it was part of their official duties. So, in other words, they're not saying there's not going to be pictures taken. I can tell you there were many times where I went to scenes that you know need to be preserved and possibly could change in the amount of time that it would take to actually get a police photographer on the scene to take photos. And we all have cameras in our pockets now. So if it's part of the official duties, the, the problem is in the dissemination. You don't show them around at soccer practices. You don't show them to friends. You don't show them to family. You don't show them to anybody. 
but but I think some people might be mistaken into believing that this means no first responders can take any pictures, and that's not what it means. Yeah. Well, I'm, and that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to be smart enough to know you're not supposed to be showing, you're not even supposed to be showing other cops unless it's well, part that, of the official duties. Unless well, they're posed I know that, in a sexy, sexy pose. Yeah, you can well, share yeah, those look, on Snapchat all day long. Yeah, crime friend. scene peekaboo Duh. shots are very popular, but a lot of uh, police departments have or used to have their own staff photographer mm. to go to crime scenes. Used to. And, and to, to photograph. Obviously, you know, with everybody's with, with cell phone technology being what it is, you know, those photographs are their evidence. And so they're necessary. But I mean, you're absolutely right. How those kinds of pictures get into the hands of any anybody yeah. other than those working on that investigation, that's where that's where you got big problems. Yeah. I, I just don't want people are gonna misunderstand this when when it's presented by like twenty two or whomever to say you know, the bill will prevent first responders from taking photographs on at crime scenes. No, it won't. It's not going to. So if you see a cop with his phone out taking a picture somewhere, doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. A chief experience officer was named for Friendly's Restaurants to oversee menu creations, future innovations, and guest experience. The CEO? Yeah, the CEO. According to a news release uh, from Amici Partners Group, owner of the restaurant chain Friendly's Restaurants and its affiliate Bricks Holdings, a multi-brand franchising company, have jointly announced the hiring of Roberto DeAngelis, a seasoned hospitality industry ind- hospitality industry executive, to the newly created position of Chief Experience Officer for all brands. See, that's the problem. His, his acronym, then, is CEO. He can walk around telling people, I'm the CEO of Friendly's. Well, they probably call him the other CEO. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Assistant to the assistant CEO. Yeah, yeah. 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 DeAngelis will be responsible for menu innovation, concept development, and the overall guest experience across six national chains uh, comprised of Friendly's restaurants and the Bricks brands, including Orange Leaf, Smoothie Factory, Red Mango, Super Salad, Red Brick Pizza, and Green Salads. Never (sighs) heard of a single one of them. All of his ideas will be done faster than it takes the time you to get uh, chicken (laughs) tenders at Friendly's. See, I, I, I... Again, I don't know if this uh, parent, this new parent company, uh, understands where the problems lie, uh, or if they do, I don't know if they're addressing it with new menu items. The issue has been slow to snail-like service. That's been the pro. It's never been the food. The food is fine. It's just uh, if you got to wait forty-five minutes for your food or to get and to get the bill. That's a problem. But see, that's the thing. They revamped that, and I think the last time I was in a Friendly's was about maybe a year and a half ago. The food comes out quickly because it's it's it, it, they've kind of vamped the menu into just fried stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's easy, already put together kind of thing, and that food comes out within less than 10 minutes when you order it. It is the quality of the food then because now you have – compromise the quality of the food because you're trying to get the food out faster and it's really about the service i I don't understand why after all these years they don't have like a uniformed thing like a mcdonald's or a a burger king where you have you know processes in place to to clean the place up and get get things out quicker i don't Uh, know 
Here's here's an idea. Uh, stop going to friendlies. Well, you can't say that. Well, you can't. No, say, I'm they not. Don't say I'm, that. I'm not saying it to the audience. I'm saying it to you two. I can't. I can't tell you the last time I remember. E- All right, let me rephrase this. I can't remember the last time I had anything but a breakfast. A breakfast at friendlies, and I don't know if I would say there was anything wrong there. Uh, again, it all depends when you go, where mm-hmm. you go, and how often it happens. Yeah. If you have uh, a, a mediocre experience at a restaurant, you are not likely to continue to go there. Right. Even if you have a good experience at a restaurant for the very first time, there's about like a 40% chance you'd go back. Right. You need to, you need to have consistency throughout that, throughout the experience and that consistency with a negative experience is what's made the two of you believe that that's the expected no. uh, you do understand situation it's not just the two of us you, you, you well do i'm get only that, talking right? to you two i'm only hearing it from you two i don't really go to places where i have friendly conversations <laughs> no you usually that's, go to places where you're castigated and thrown out exactly uh, two bald eagles made an appearance on the satellite dish outside of the 22 News Building on Wednesday afternoon. Ooh, why was this not your top story? The, the they, two, they've, they've been there for months. The two eagles fly in and out periodically throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, you can check back on their webcam to see if you can spot them. But they made it sound like this was the first time they were there. Yeah, no, they've, they've been there like since June. And they keep coming back. Are they here and for- and and you can see them because the camera is right in their face. Yeah, it's very much like Cy Becker. They're here for lapis, aren't they? Uh, I don't know if they're here for lapis, but just uh, wait, wait in a circle that they're uh, going to need more eagles. That fresh meat when it gets killed off of the uh, twenty-two news set. Ah, fresh meat. There's lapis. Go for the calves. Go for them now. <laughs> well, then that must explain the vultures I saw around Cy Becker <laughs> last night at East Longmeadow yeah, High right. School. <laughs> Well, those calves are the most succulent part of his body. <laughs> I don't like that word, succulent. Yeah. It is what it is. It really isn't what it is. Nah. Did you know uh, today is National Wing Chicken Wing Day? Wing Chicken Wing well, Day? Uh, National Chicken Wing Day. Ah. Yeah, there might be uh, not as many deals this year because of the big chicken wing shortage we've been suffering through. But a few places are running deals. 7-Eleven... Mm, what a place wow. to go for wings. When I think of wings, I don't think the first place to go yeah. is a 7-Eleven. Now, a Buffalo Wild Wings, that's also on the list, I would think that, or a Hooters. Well, but once again, you, you wouldn't think uh, pride when you think lobster rolls. But let me tell you, one of the finest lobster rolls I've ever had. Best sandwich you can eat during underpass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hooters also posted some weird merchandise online, but you uh, really got to love wings if you actually want this stuff. The dumbest item might be the wing-shaped pillow that hit their online store for $25. It's available for pre-order and ships in late August. I like that idea. It's basically a picture of a chicken wing and shaped like a like a wing. The, yeah, the pillow. So the pillow has like three parts to it that you can s- not necessarily separate from each other, but... Pull apart from each other? It's just the drumstick. Oh, it's not not the the flat? No, not the flats. They're also selling some very fashionable wing-shaped earrings for $10. Some genius in their marketing department came up with the ear wings. Get it? Because they're the earrings ears of the the owl. I just just feel bad for those uh, boneless uh, chickens. They're not. Uh, they're, they're not boneless. Living chickens. in those fa- those factory settings. Those are chicken tenderloins being passed no, off as wings. No, I believe those are chickens no. that are uh, 
genetically modified to be born without oh, uh, bones. Probably genetically modified, but there's a, those are chicken loins. Yeah, you know, I ordered uh, boneless wings from a place, and I don't want to say the name of it. What's it mm. rhyme with? I can't even say that. But uh, it was $5 more than it previously was for the boneless chicken wings yeah. because of the prices of yep. uh, being passed along from the distributor onto the, onto the restaurant. Owner. And yet, chances are... That the uh, the chicken tenderloin itself is actually cheaper than the than the separated wings per pound. Maybe. Oh yeah, it probably is. So they're but, but they're but they're jacking the price up, thinking that you're stupid enough to believe. Well, there's a real process to get rid of those bones. I also find uh, very hard to watch the uh, the boneless uh, the chicken with the boneless legs. The uh, the legs are not boneless. They, they can barely even it's even not, move. It's not not true. It's very sad. Yeah, that's that's not what that means. You know? mm-hmm. I, I don't know where you're coming up with this stuff. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, cloudy with some rain showers today and a high of 76 tomorrow. Sunday with a high of 77. It is 66 right now in downtown. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 653. And the doors on Rock 102. Yeah, the doors. From, uh, from what year is that from? I uh, sixty-seven, sixty-seven, like sixty-eight, yeah. or something like that. I'm telling you, this this Woodstock special is it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. There are uh, a number of people who are interviewed throughout the show, attendees, actually some promoters, and a lot of rock journalists who uh, put a lot of blame on the promoters, and you know, saying first of all, the idea that the kids of those days needed. A Woodstock. I don't know why anybody thought that was necessary. It really wasn't. It was the promoters who needed <laughs> the money to right. relive this experience. So I forget which band it was, but one of the bands like introduced Robbie Krieger playing with them, and, and Robbie Krieger looked like a looked like a a zombie. And you know, and one of the writers was going, "There's not a kid in the place." Who has any idea who Robbie Krieger is? Yeah. And here's the band introducing him like, ladies and gentlemen, it's Robbie Krieger. And people are like, who? who? Yeah, who? Yeah. Your parents knew him. Yeah. Your grandparents, maybe. I know. It's it's uh <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. Even talking to my kid and my kids have a you know pretty good understanding of music, but there's mm-hmm. sometimes that you make a reference yeah. that they simply don't understand. You're like how did you not know this? I mean, yeah. uh, what what culture are you from where this is not public? You know, common knowledge. But there's, you know, like I'm gonna go, I'm going to see the machine uh, tomorrow night outdoors up in New Hampshire. There'll be a lot of kids, your kids' ages, at a concert to hear Pink Floyd music. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's there are a lot of people that are 20, 30 years younger than the music. That are into that stuff. Oh, absolutely! But, but there is, but there are but, certain references they they still can't get, even yeah. though they may love classic rock. They may be able to, you know, you know, recite the you know Led Zeppelin lyrics or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. They can't name the members of the band. Who's John Bonham? Right, right. He did what? Who's Robbie Krieger? Right, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, next week, in fact, Tuesday, Guns and Roses are going to be playing at uh, Fan Friendly Fenway Park. That's uh, Tuesday, August third. And we have tickets to that show. They happen to be in a private suite. Not crappy seats, private suite seats. Those Uh, are sweet seats. All you need to do is sign up at rock102.com before Monday, August 2nd. 
One winner will be chosen at random to sit in a private suite for the show. It's your chance to win some sweet seats to a Guns N' Roses show from Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. They're actually sweet, sweet seats. Yes. S-W-E-E-T-S-U-I-T-E. Yes. Sweet Sweets. That's correct. Yeah. That is absolutely correct. And and, uh, assuming that you can get, say, uh, a box of Cracker Jacks at the concession stand, you can eat something sweet Mm -hmm. while you're sitting in those sweet, sweet sweet seats. seats. Yeah. Uh, Or if you, what if, uh, what if we find out the opening band uh, for the show is the sweet you mean like Fox on the Run? Yeah, and yeah. Love is like oxygen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, I got these sweet, sweet seats to see the sweet, and I'm eating something sweet while I'm watching the sweet. Whoo! In my sweet, sweet seat. You took it like one step too far. I think it was more like five. It's six fifty-seven. Rock one hundred two. Hi, it's Carla from Genesis of North and Traeger Woodfired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Okay, here's a weird one for you. As many of you know, college athletics is largely divided amongst a series of athletic conferences. Each conference is loaded with teams. In many cases, being part of an elite conference can increase the profile of a particular school. But on occasion, sometimes schools will switch conferences for a variety of different reasons, most of which are either for financial or competitive purposes. On Monday, for example, both Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were leaving the Big 12 Conference to join the SEC once those contracts expire in 2025. Why is that significant? Well, ESPN happens to have a broadcast contract with the SEC Conference. So, with both Texas and Oklahoma being powerhouse college football programs, their inclusion into the SEC instantly makes that contract with ESPN that much more valuable. Here's where things get kind of sticky. According to a number of reports, the Big 12 has just issued a cease and desist order against ESPN for alleged tampering, claiming that ESPN has reached out to at least one other school remaining in the Big 12 to entice them to also join the SEC conference. They're also accused of offering incentives to other football programs around the country to also join the SEC, thereby substantially increasing their ability to generate gobs of additional revenue while simultaneously destabilizing what's left of the Big 12 conference. ESPN is claiming that the accusations have no merit whatsoever. Well, I'll tell you what does have merit. The $3 billion contract that ESPN has to own the SEC network and the broadcast rights to every single game in the conference. And there is no better way to fulfill that financial obligation than by televising games that people want to see. Of course, ESPN also has a deal with the Big 12, but they share that contract with Fox. And both of those deals are set to expire about the same time that the new SEC contract begins. Coincidence? I don't know. Maybe. All I know is it's still going to cost you $56,000 a year to send your kid to Texas A&M and $76,000 a year to send your kid to Vanderbilt. And I don't hear anybody in the SEC looking to help anybody pay for an education. But hey, and if I'm yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. What kind of grill would be best for a dude like you? You want to go to the Palmer Rockies and talk to Matthew. Matthew knows a thing or two about Weber's and Traeger's and the big green eggs. He loves talking about the grills. You'll find good people in rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 710 and the Jay Giles Band at Rock 102. Oh, uh, clouds this morning and uh, uh, rain in the afternoon. What a surprise. And uh, tomorrow, too. You know what else Ron Popeil invented? Yeah. 
uh, hair in a can. Remember that on the on, on the, the commercials? You, you, if you're like a bald guy or balding or thinning, mm. you spray this stuff in your hair, yeah. and it colors. That's your, what it was. It's, it colors your scalp. Yeah. So it looks yeah. like you have a full glorious yeah. head of hair. Like you, you could you could you know run your hands right through. Yeah. It. Could you get your mouth? You could get them out. Do you want to get them out? Do you want to get them out? <laughs> I'd like to be able to get them out. Yeah, left your hair with um, a beautiful hue. Uh, there was something I want to talk about, uh, and I still do, and, and we will, but I just I got distracted by uh, something else. I was talking earlier about uh, the kids on the skateboards and the falling, and uh, I read an article yesterday about how you know they learn to fall. They, they figure out how to tuck and roll and, 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 and learn to fall. One of the things that uh, Simone Biles said the other day was the the thing that uh, one of the things that freaked her out uh, and how she knew that mentally she wasn't ready for this was that she got lost in 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 a spin that that she wasn't looking at what she knew she should have been looking at at that moment. Mm-hmm. I fell uh, a few months ago uh, in my backyard. Did you survive? Uh, barely. And uh, I got to tell you, I I can remember uh, the moment the fall began. I can remember uh, a point in the fall where I wondered, how is this going to end? You know, what am I going to hit? What am I going to hurt? And then I remembered the end of it. But the ability to have, when you watch these gymnasts, I mean, the ability to know where you are. In, in one of those spins or flips or turns or stuff like that, it's a second. It's a half a second. It's a, it's a millisecond. What's it, uh, what is it called? It's like a, like a, uh, like a cognitive awareness yeah. of, uh, of your surroundings and what's about to happen to you. Remember I told you a story about I got hit in the face with a baseball as a kid? Uh-huh. I'm, uh, I'm playing first base and the shortstop throws the ball and, you know, it, it curves like, with like, four or five feet in front of me, hits the top of my glove, smashes me in the face. Now, I'm seeing this ball come at me with you know from, from my glove mm. to my face. Now, you would think that would be like a fraction of a second. But there's a million thoughts that go through your head like, oh, crap, I think that's going to hit me in the face. Yeah. And then, you know, then, of course, you kind of try to put things in order as you're falling to the ground uh, with a concussion. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you've got uh, a more than a second... The divers, you know, you got these Olympic divers who are doing all this stuff and they've got 30, 40 feet to, you know, to think about what they're doing. But even, uh, even a Simone Biles, even off of the, uh, whether it's the floor or the vault or what have you, the, the cognitive awareness to know where you are. There was one little girl they showed, uh, well, I mean, she's an Olympian, but they were showing video from when she was, when she was a little girl, uh, growing up with her father. And her father would do these backflips with her. And I, and I just stopped and I think to myself, speaking of falling and the experience of doing things, I don't even know what – I wouldn't know the first thing about what you begin to do with your body to flip over backwards. What are you concentrating on the most first, the top weight mm-hmm. or the bottom weight? Getting your feet up or getting your head down – so that you can do 
a complete flip and not just land on your face. Well, I wish I had a good answer for you, but that's, I've never had the kind of you. loft needed to do a backflip or uh, a front flip. But, and, and then the worst part of this story was that uh, the girl's father, some years later, fell face first off a ladder and and was paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. But um, but but could yeah i mean he slipped it could happen to anybody sure but to be able to do a backflip and not be injured well i mean the thing about these kinds of events you know where you know your dives your uh your, your gymnastic routines and 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 the events they're so practiced and so uh intuitive by the point that you get to olympic competition that there really should be no question in your mind what am I supposed to do next? What should I be concentrating on? Where should my body be? Where's where should my what position should my arms and legs be in? They they you know they are so rehearsed and and that you know it shouldn't be about you know are you not concentrating enough to complete something that you've done a thousand times? That's a problem. And you know and again you know with the pressure that she's been under and. You know the 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 self doubt about you know do you continue to compete when mentally your head's not just in it, then uh, you know that's a lot to that's a lot to take on for yourself. You know, again, I mean, I went to a lot of gymnastics competitions because my niece did it for the whole time that she was she was at Minichog, and and I actually enjoy it. I mean, I went years ago. Uh, I went to a gymnastics competition. I forget if it was AIC or Western New England College. I've always kind of been fascinated by watching that, but even watching it. And I know, for the most part, many judges are former gymnasts themselves. So that's probably how you have an edge. Even watching it, I, I, I fail to be able to appreciate what I'm seeing in real time. It's like you have to see a replay, a slow motion replay, to really appreciate what a person has done. When you're watching them and, and, and they're you know running full sprint, and then off of that pummel horse, and then that the moves that they make until the one and a half seconds it takes them to hit the floor. <laughs> it's like, no, I need to see that slowed down. Yeah, I got to appreciate what they did because it it was over too fast. It's like you know, every time I'm watching like the television coverage, and you know, this is not a criticism of any you know commentator on the broadcast. It would it wouldn't be like a you know, like I'd be you complaining about like a Tim Daggett, for example. I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't. But when you see someone do like a, you know, like a triple turn or a certain, you know, jump or whatever it is. And then to be able to identify how many rotations they yeah. did in the air. It's like I, you know, I lose count after the, the number one. So I, I always lose count after two. So, so I wouldn't even know what I'm I'm watching. Yeah. I mean, if she did a if, if a if a young woman did a, a cartwheel, like ooh, that's very impressive a cartwheel. Yeah, it's like the the simplest thing you could do. But, but when yeah. they do a triple thing, I'm like I'm looking at it and I'm like I saw her feet in the air twice. How is that a triple? I missed. What did I miss? <laughs> you just you just stop counting, and then you hear occasionally this has never been done in Olympic competition. They're like, okay, you I'll, sure you have notes on this? I'll take your word for it. I'm gonna believe you. You can say anything, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say, wow, that's that's impressive business. Because what I saw the girl before her do looked exactly the same thing, but it's not. It's not. I mean, one little move or one extra rotation 
And, and it just, man, oh man. I, uh, I when we were having lunch yesterday, uh, having lunch in the Deems, and on the TV they had the uh, women's archery. Have you been there before? Many, many times. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, I like it and mm. uh, a, a lot. And mm. uh, but that's not the issue. The issue is they had women's archery on, and I, you would think, God, that's got to be friggin' boring <sighs> as hell. <sighs> and under normal circumstances, I would have the same reaction mm. until I'm watching it and I'm going. Yes, she got ten points, and I'm like, it, 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 suddenly you get caught up in in these events, not even realizing that they would have any interest at all. Like, it would, like it wouldn't be interesting at all to watch anybody shoot a bow and arrow. Well, un- until you're at the Olympics and you say, okay, she's uh, she's going against this German woman. I hope she kicks her ass. And yes, she kicked her ass. And I was, are, are they still shooting apples off the heads of other people? No, no, no. They don't do any of that. That's, that's, uh, not, an, that's not an Olympic event. But it's like uh, you know, you're trying to gain the most amount of points in just a few shots. And you know, it's it's as simple as as that. And yet, I could not stop watching it. And and and, and again, you know, I talked about this kind of uh, one day. I don't remember when of. You know, uh, if you're a parent of a kid and the kid says to you, uh, one day I, w- I want to be in the Olympics, and the kid says that before they've even established what sport they want to be in, you know, you probably start getting visions of Simone Biles and Michael Phelps and Mark Spitz and uh, right. Nadia Comaneci, and then the kid tells you, nah, archery. Archery is what I want to go to the Olympics for. And you're like, I don't know, Robin Hood. I I don't know. Will it pay for college? Yeah. yeah. I I don't remember seeing too many. What do I even call them? Archers? Archers. I don't remember seeing too many archers on weedy boxes. Wheaties boxes. The only way I could relate to these women was, you know, in Boy Scouts, where Mm. you're on like uh, these camping jamborees, they'd have like like an archery setup. And I remember, you know, shooting a bow and arrow for the first time in my life. The only way and, I can and relate and I, and to I was, them is with a rubber tip. Yeah, right. And <laughs> hit your forehead or something. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't shoot an arrow to save my soul. No. And, and you know, they've got these, you know, high-powered, uh, you know, bows, and these arrows are, are, you know, hitting bullseyes every single time. And I'm going, okay, well, I can't do that. But yeah. why am I watching this? Why can I not look away? Because it's on TV. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff on TV I can easily yeah, look away. Yeah, yeah if, if there's a, if there's like a... Have you seen any badminton yet? I have not. I actually have watched a, an astounding uh, little bit of, yeah, of I've, Olympics. I haven't, I haven't seen any that's not in the clips in the nightly news. Yeah, and NBC is getting hammered on their coverage, not because it's bad, but because people can't find what they want to see. Yeah. It's so confusing as, you know, where you go. Mm-hmm. To watch these events, I mean, sometimes it's it's uh, you know streaming, sometimes it's on you know Peacock, sometimes it's it's on NBC or some other areas, but it's really confusing for a lot of people to figure out you know where do you go. And sponsors are going ballistic because these are like some of the worst you know, television ratings for Olympics ever. What a surprise! Liana, not much of a surprise at all. Oh, so what I wanted to talk about was <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit late for that. 
721 Rock 102. I purchased my vehicle just over a year ago from Leah Toyota of Wilbraham, and I couldn't be happier with the experience of the sales and the service and everything that goes along with Leah Toyota of Wilbraham. My good buddy John Kupek is the general manager over there, and he's got all kinds of things going on at Leah Toyota of Wilbraham. They have truckloads of new Toyotas arriving daily, Camrys, RAV4s, Tacomas, Tundras, and more in stock and available for immediate delivery. With the year's best lease specials, rebates up to $5,500 and rates as low as 0% on select models. You're sure to find the car that you want at a price that fits your budget. At Leah Toyota Wilbraham, instant credit approval is only a click away. All credit applications will be accepted. Everyone drives at Leah Toyota of Wilbraham. 2145 Boston Road or 24-7 at LeahToyotaWilbraham.com. The COVID vaccine is a critical tool to protect yourself and to end the pandemic. But you might have questions about its safety. The same safety measures used for all vaccines were followed for the COVID vaccine. Tens of thousands of people participated in the studies to demonstrate that the vaccine is safe. Millions of people of different races and ethnicities have gotten vaccinated and only experienced mild side effects. I got the vaccine to protect myself, my family, and my patients. To learn more, visit baystatehealth.org slash best shot. ACT Youth Theater proudly presents Wizard of Oz, August 6th through the 8th and August 20th through the 22nd at the Roundhouse Theater at the Franklin County Fairgrounds. Directed by Erica Clark and Ilana Martineau, follow the yellow brick road to the magical land of Oz. Showtimes are 6 to 7.15 on Fridays and Saturdays. Sunday matinee times are 1 to 2.15. Tickets are $12 general admission and $10 for students and seniors, available 30 minutes prior to the show at the door. For more details, visit Arena Civic Theater Facebook page. It's grilling time at Atkins Farms. Atkins Meat and Seafood Departments feature certified Angus beef, chicken, ribs, and the freshest seafood around. Kick it up a notch with a rub, marinade, or barbecue sauce. The deli has delicious coleslaw, beans, salads, and more. Fresh and local fruits and produce, too. So get your grill on with Atkins, where safety-first shopping is our priority, with in-store shopping, curbside pickup, and home delivery. For more information, visit AtkinsFarms.com. Atkins Farms, your local and family-owned country market. Hilltown Chic presents the Hilltown Rock Show, August 1st, with the glorious unknown and Aquanet. Rocking the stage at Strathmore Park in Russell. Amazing food trucks, vendors to shop from, along with a killer car cruise, a free parking area for cruise cars, and a private display area inside the event as well. Fun prizes for kids' choice, ladies' choice, and fan-favorite cars. Tickets are 10 bucks for adults, 5 bucks for kids 6 to 18, under 6, free. Shop, eat, drink, and rock out, August 1st, at Strathmore Park. Get tickets and details at hilltownchic.com. Hurry to Gary Room Hyundai and save green with more inventory than any other dealer in Western Mass. I'll give you more green for your car, whether you trade it or not. Lease a 2021 Elantra Hybrid Blue for $258, a 2021 Ionic Hybrid SEL for just $231, or a 2021 Sonata Hybrid Blue for $229. Go green and save with three years of complimentary maintenance, all on these come with America's Best Warranty, 10 years or 100,000 miles, and owner assurance. GaryRomeHyundai.com, 150 Whiting Farms Road, Holyoke. See dealer for details. It's uh, just about 725 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. So, uh, yeah, the thing I was originally uh, thinking about, because this just came out this morning, and now I can't I can't see the date. I don't remember the date of Sandy Hook. But um, after the years-long legal battle, the, uh, the gun manufacturer, Remington, has reached a settlement with the families. Now, the families... Uh, we're asking for wrongful death settlements of $225 million with an expected punitive claim 
exceeding $1 billion. Uh, Remington has settled and the families have accepted a $33 million offer. Wow. Which comes out to $3.7 million to each family. Obviously, the families weren't doing it for the money, uh, and Remington has filed two bankruptcies, but I don't think that means they're done making guns. The uh, the shooting was in 2012. Yeah, so, so it's been uh, almost years. 10 years, and it took that long to reach a settlement, but it's one of the few times that uh, that people have successfully sued a gun maker because somebody used the gun uh, to kill people with. But, uh, you know, I don't know whether you say it's not a matter of being happy with $3.7 million. You're, you're not happy. You've lost a child. Um, it, it's a, it's a settlement though. So they didn't lose in court. Uh, right, right. Right. So if they had brought, so if they at Remington had tried to fight this, as expensive as it would have been to defend, they they might not have they might have won. I just I just don't know what the ultimate goal is supposed to be. I mean, after two bankruptcies and years of legal tussles, um, the the case reached the U.S. Supreme Court in 2019. It's scheduled to go to court soon. Jury selection in September. I don't I don't know. Uh, I've gotten lost now in the article. It, it, I don't know why there's going to be a trial, but you know, ultimately what you're trying to do, I'm thinking is either put the company out of business or get them to stop making this particular gun. And, and so I don't know what 3.7 million even means to the family. I don't, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't say I follow it that closely. Yeah. So it's, it's hard for me to say, uh, we have news coming up next on rock one Oh two. 731 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, receive $1,500 off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit yankeehomeimprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Hey, you know what today is? My Thursday? Edward Eckert Day. Yeah. Um, Who's that? Surprised you don't know. Acting Holyoke Mayor Terrence Murphy declared July 29th Edward Eckert Day, honoring uh, Eckert's 33-year career with the Department of Public Works. He's slated to retire Uh, tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, six guys are going to be standing around the cake, and one of them's cutting it. Well, that's the way it normally is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Murphy and uh, City Council President Todd McGee presented Eckerd with proclamations recognizing his service to the City of Holyoke. Public Works Superintendent Michael McManus joined the Tuesday ceremony at City Hall. The mayor, mayoral proclamation recognized Eckert's uh, dedication and commitment to the city. Much success and happiness in your future endeavors, uh, Murphy wished Eckert. All right, where 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 did you get this from? On though? Mass Live, uh, top top of the page, one of the top stories. Yeah, wow. You didn't they, know that today was Edward Eckert Day. They they certainly have covered yeah. the uh, breaking news, and haven't it, they? And if you're gonna poo poo on it, Edward Eckert looks like he could kick your ass any uh, well. Any probably day. could. I'm not so much poo pooing on Edward Eckert's day. Uh, as I am on Mass Live's uh, coverage of it, and uh, you're you're reading it. 
A Holyoke native, Eckert attended the William Whiting and Lawrence schools. He carries a reminder from his junior high school shop days when his finger got stuck in a joiner. Ooh, <laughs> ouch. That's got to suck. Talk about overcoming adversity. He plans to enjoy an agenda-free retirement was, and see what happens. What was that What was that joiner girl's name? Uh, I don't think it was a girl. Oh. It was a machine. Oh, yeah, oh a, a machine. machine. Oh, a machine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, uh, I'm not seeing this. You know, you, uh, you 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 sit here and you go, oh, I've been inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, Massachusetts Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame, blah, 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 blah. And uh, this guy uh, has one day that he's uh, got dedicated to him, and then you got to poo-poo on it. Hey, listen, Chickabee School Committee member Marjorie Wojcik is retiring after 36 years. That was, Where's her story? That well, was Steve Nick's story. Yeah. <laughs> now you've blown it. <laughs> I'm I, not seeing Mr. Eckert anywhere on Mass Live. I don't have that story. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I'm not seeing Eckert anywhere on Mass Live anyway. Uh, you know, I, I was obviously wasn't here Monday and Tuesday. Mm. Uh, you guys were talking about these Chickabee bike uh, lanes. Yeah. So Western Mass News does this whole, you know, we got answers kind of thing. A post caught our attention online. A Chickabee resident writing uh, wrote in part, "What are these white things? They seem to have appeared overnight around Chickabee Center." Not asking to be snarky, I've legit never seen anything like these. Uh, Western Mass News was curious too, so we sought out some answers. And then they interview the owner of uh, Central Oil. It's hideous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And all these people are like, "This is uh, this is disgusting." I see. I finally see a picture of these things. What the hell is it? I, uh, I we, yes, we did talk about it the other day, yeah. and I drove through uh, downtown Chicopee yesterday, and 22 News did a story on it earlier this morning. When I heard the description of it and the location of it, I really couldn't place it. It did sound pretty stupid, but when I saw it yesterday, first of all, they're temporary, all right? They're going to be taken out in the fall because you clearly can't plow the street with these things in the, uh, they're bolted into the road surface. Um, they're also, from what I could tell, not taking up any parking spaces in downtown Chicopee. This is, this is basically the square that goes around, I don't know the street names. I know Front Street is one, but I don't, uh, Central Street, I think might be the other one. All right. They're not taking any parking spaces away. They are creating, I suppose, a safety barrier. Uh, although I'm pretty sure you could drive a car through one if you really lost control. Um, but they are, I, I have never seen them before either. They look a little bit like uh, ribbon candy. Yes. yes, they do. Yes. That's what I, that's what yeah. I thought. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm glad they're temporary. And what they did say was they're, they're going to see how it works out before they decide that they're going to put them back in. No, they're, well, they're going to put them back in, but they're going to reevaluate next July. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're going to reevaluate and see if this is really worth the, uh, the expense and effort so to maintain. Are they taking them out? When they're going to take them out at the end of the season, at, at the end of fall, before before they have to start plowing. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, these the other person uh, that they interviewed on Western Mass News was worried about how trucks are going to get through uh, the center of downtown because you got to remember those big tractor trailers that come through and make deliveries to any number of those businesses down there. You kind of need that turn space. Sometimes yeah. when you're uh, when you're turning a corner, yeah. are, are these the kind of things that if a car hits them, they're just collapsible and they just no. bounce back? No, or I would say a million pieces. I, I would say you're going to do some serious damage to your car. No, I'm talking about damage to the to the. Yeah, no, they're not going anywhere. 
Um, they're, they are bolted into the road. Right. And uh, they look pretty strong. But, again, you know, as far as the trucks go, Steve, I mean, the, these are areas where you could have easily parked a car. There's enough, there's enough clearance on either side of a truck. Uh, that you would have been able to park a car there. There's just no parking allowed in those spaces anyway. But you know what? Uh, and I don't know if Chickabee's got the same problem that Springfield has with these uh, bicyclists, but uh, I don't think they really care for the bike lanes. I think if they're going to no. do wheelies in the middle of a road, they want to be where the danger's at. No, these are these are for kids or people who bike for exercise and and that kind of thing. <laughs> Biking for exercise. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, Crazy. Well, who the hell anybody, does that? Yeah, why would anybody do that? I just I just don't know why. You know, by the way, when I started coming back to work again, it took me probably two weeks to stop hitting my brakes. The, the area of Maple Street. Now, I come in off of, uh, I come up Converse, and I take a right on Dwight Road, and then I take a left on Maple. And then a left on on, uh, on Westwood. Well, why don't you just take a right on Rural? Well, I could do that too. Why don't you take Sumner Avenue? Um, so when I took a left onto Maple, um, first of all, you know, well, most of those professional buildings were there a year and a half ago. And, um, that new neighborhood off on the left was not. Right. So that that street is new, <clears throat> but the bike lane uh, with the stenciled emblem of a bicyclist uh it took me about three or four days to stop hitting my brakes because it looked like there was something in the road it, it, it's there's just enough of a rise at that point where this painted emblem looked like an object and i and i would keep hitting my brakes and i'd be like wow what is that it's again today would you have figured that out after like the the first third, day or two? You would think so, but yet my my bodily instincts were were to go for the break every time I would see that thing. You're, you're Mr. Magoo. Yeah, Roadhog. Yeah, I just you know we really haven't widened any roads. We have simply well uh, no, surrendered por- some of them. We have on that intersection they've widened yes, quite a bit the intersection has been widened because you have I all don't those know you if have maple's all... been widened um i i, I think around and i could be wrong about this i think when they built all those professional buildings mm. on the corner there um they did widen the road yeah all right well i'm not mean, a some lot of them. not a lot of it i mean right. it does narrow down to, like you get closer to the high school some of them might have been but you take a take a road like converse i mean there's a bike lane on both sides that didn't get widened. And by the way, what the hell is going on over there? If, you, if you're going to put up a big sign that says that uh, Converse Street is going to be closed 7 to 4, 7 to 3, starting on a certain date, Monday through Friday, I, I expect to see it closed. And if I'm taking a different route around and then looking over and seeing, I could have taken Converse. What they do something when they are working is they put the light at Converse and Laurel on flash. You get a red light on Converse. You get a flashing light on Laurel. Um, what they, Yesterday, they weren't working. I don't know why. You only get two hours a day before it starts to rain. <laughs> you might as well get it in there in the dry spots. But uh, I, I don't uh, – uh, it's some kind of a sewer project going on there. But it, it's just uh, – it's, it's such an inconvenience. And – Longmeadow doesn't like to inconvenience people. It's why they have they've blocked off side streets off of Laurel. 
Yeah, you so know that what? you can't turn down there. I was going around those barriers. Oh, I know, yeah, because you can. They they allow enough room to exit those side streets, right? But not you're not supposed to enter them. Well, you went around it, Steve. Oh, I did, because I wasn't gonna. I'm not gonna go all the way down past the park and I'm back out to Route Five. I'm going down the side street, and you can't stop me. Man, look at this new getting all rogue on this show. You put yeah. your little uh, you put your little sawhorse there. <laughs> Drive right through it. Yeah. I, I, you're not going to stop me from going. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking the extra time to go around your. I'm going to go right through your rich neighborhood. That's what I'm going to do. It is, it is amazing though that those two streets are like. You know, somebody complained and said, "Well, we you're making everybody come down our street." All right, we'll stop them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just go around them. Yeah, that's all you got. Yeah. A uh, 57-year-old Springfield woman was sentenced to probation after she stole more than $260,000 in Social Security benefits that were sent to her dead relative. Debbie Moore was sentenced uh, Wednesday in U.S. District Court in Boston. From November 2003 through February 2018, the SSA deposited $261,000 in Social Security retirement benefits intended for Moore's aunt-in-law into a bank account controlled by Moore after her aunt-in-law had passed away. My aunt-in-law? Aunt-in-law. How do you say that? Aunt-in-law? No, no, I mean, it's aunt. I'm sure it's aunt-in-law. I just never uh, thought of it that way. Moore was uh, sentenced to five years of supervised release with the first six months served under house arrest after she previously pleaded guilty to a charge of theft of government money. She was also ordered to pay $261,933 in restitution. I get it that, okay, this person shouldn't have been doing this. But from 2003 to 2018, the Social Security Administration didn't know that this person was dead? I don't know. And kept sending benefits to them? I don't know. I, somebody explained to me um, a few weeks ago about how someone died and the spouse's insurance company, the surviving spouse's insurance company, notified them that they no longer were covered as of midnight on the night of the individual's death. Well, so, that, was, that was a sense of approach, wasn't it? Apparently, that's, that's the way the system works. But there are, there are some places out there, apparently, that are so up to speed on knowing that you've passed that you're not going to get benefits. I don't know why this person keeps getting, you know, obviously, Social Security doesn't do it that way. No, but you do hear from time to time of someone who may have died in in their home, and uh, the checks just keep coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. And no one stops them. Social Security, and 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 nobody stops them because who doesn't want all that free money they didn't earn? I'm trying to find. There was a story on Mass Live earlier this morning. I think I might have saved it. Um, It's not this one. It was it was another one of a woman who was killed. I'm, I'm sorry, who was arrested. She was a, a caregiver, and she was arrested because her charge uh, oh, I died. Oh, I saw that. That was on, uh, I believe it was 22. Is it on 22? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, um, you know, it's one of these things, particularly we're in this, all this conversation about mental health, and I've seen stories about the mental health issues of caregivers and you know, there it is. Admits I to have, causing the death. I've got it now too. Oh, the okay. caregiver is getting six, facing six months. She admitted she caused the death of her father uh, in 2016. 
And she did it, unfortunately, apparently, by not uh, feeding or nourishing him. him. Um, I, I mean, I just, and, and I'm, Steve, I'm trying to be sensitive to you and to mm-hmm. anybody in your position. It's a shame that, that in this country we need to keep these people alive ir- irrespective of their condition uh, until they go on their own even though the last weeks or longer could be completely unresponsive and, and they're unaware, there's still a caregiver who is mm. trying to do things, including take care of this patient, whether it's taking care of kids or going to work or whatever the case may be, where you can see how someone is, is in a position where someone can die. Yeah. But you also don't know what the wishes were of the person who was sick. Uh, they but, wished to not go into a nursing home. He was adamant about not right, wanting to yeah. go into a nursing Between, home. You know, so, that, that and DNRs and, and you know medical proxies, I mean, decisions are sometimes made before they get to that point. Mm-hmm. Just to give you a little peek into what my siblings and I are dealing with right now uh, in regards to my mother, who uh, has been living with my sister for the last three years after a stroke and she's clearly uh, has progressed in the dementia and the Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, has become a huge issue. Now, my sister, uh, God bless her, was cleaning my mom, taking care of my mom. She had nursing experience, so she, we thought she was the best one to, to take care of her. But there comes a point where no matter how much a person doesn't want to be in a nursing home, there's only so much a person can do, and there's only so much, so many funds available in order. To, like if you, we wanted to bring her back to my sister's house, it costs a lot of money and a lot of money that we don't have yeah. to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, currently in a rehab, but it's it's frustrating because the per, she's not the same person that we all knew. And she she hasn't been the same person since she had her stroke three years ago, and it's sad to see. But you have to, you have to, the the mental toll on the caregiver yeah. is, it's horrible because she, you know you're taking things personally from somebody who used to say I love you all the time, and now they're saying get the hell away from me and being combative and not wanting to take meds and right. things like that. Is it's, there ever a moment of clearness? Yes, and we had that last week. This is that's was, what I would worry about. That you know, there are a lot of people who make these decisions before they get to that stage to say, like this guy, I don't want to go into a nursing home. I don't want to. I don't want. I want a DNR. I don't want any heroic messages. And there's probably even some people out there who say, I want to be able to die. Let me help me go faster than I know I'm going to go well, by doing nothing. And that's why she chose medical proxies. And that's why, you know, my sister is in charge of doing that and making the decisions on her behalf, but it's very hard to do and you know, when you have four other siblings with all different opinions right, on right. how things should be done, it makes it even more difficult. Even though you are the sole person, you don't want to be the one to be blamed for the death. Sure. And I but think you know, that's you, where but, it comes but, in. But the reality is, is that in some cases, depending yeah. on the condition and the length of time that it takes from them being uh, 
you know, incapacitated in some way to the time that they die, sometimes, despite the promise of not putting you in a nursing home, sometimes the best place you can be is a nursing home. Yeah. For all the reasons you talk about. And, and you, you, you alleviate the burden of those who, who want to care for you the most. You know, you're putting an undue stress on them financially and physically and mentally. And, and it's, you know, it is a very, very difficult choice. But in some respects, it may be the only thing that, uh, that makes their final years comfortable. What if you can't afford it? What if you can't afford it? What if you also then go in and you find out that uh, some years later uh, there's some kind of an investigation that finds that the nursing home wasn't meeting half the standards that they were supposed to, and well, you realize was, your loved one was living under sure. those conditions? And I was just gonna, uh, I was just gonna say that because now our course of action has changed from okay, she's probably never going back to living with my sister, right. and staying in a facility, right, but. She, my sister now has turned to you got to be the squeaky wheel inside the nursing home and make sure that they're doing all these things. There's already been several instances where it's like, you know, come on, she needs to be changed. She needs to be, you know, fresh sheets and mm -hmm. things like that, which are easy to do when you're in a nursing home, when you're taking care of so many people. Like, well, that one can wait for, for a little while. And, but, and, but you got to be the one to be the advocate for the person that is being cared for. Because it's not that we don't care. It's just that we can't, we don't have the ability to take care of her the way that they can take care of her in a nursing home. And to be where we are, to be as advanced in a society as we supposedly are, to not allow an individual to make a decision before they're in this stage to say, Give me some pills and let me go peacefully. I, I I'm amazed that we still can't do that. What was uh, what was the when Kramer was trying to say uh, you know what he was uh, how, how he wanted to go? Yeah, I can't remember the details. Oh, well, there, there was he was naming a number of different scenarios for Elaine to decide whether or not she would pull the plug because he was making her his medical proxy because he knew she'd pull the plug. <laughs> I wish we had that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be cloudy with rain showers and a high of 75. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 77. Uh, it is 67 in downtown Springfield. Uh, forecast brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. This stuff is velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster Coffee is air-roasted. Look for the black and white can now at every beverage cooler at every Big Y Express. And that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. The thousand-plus-mile journey to New York. As it turns out, he only got 25 miles in his quest. He had spent thousands of dollars and almost a decade making this homemade craft. I thought the idea was to go to Bermuda. Yeah, no. I don't know where that came from, but he was going He was going to New York. He called it a hydropod. It had uh, a satellite phone, a water filtration system, a solar array, neoprene wetsuits, and a stockpile of granola and ramen noodles. How but, are you going to eat ramen noodles in salt water? Uh, well, you don't, you don't need the salt. You'll have the water right there. It's already salty as it yeah. is. But the next day, the day after he took off, he realized he his his GPS device and charging cables were missing. He says they were stolen. Oh my god! You never leave the house unless you but, know you have yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Well, that and he's he claims but, he did, and they were stolen. It's like like you know leaving the house without going to the bathroom first before you get in the car. 
The uh, the Coast Guard has said that he will not be allowed to continue until he complies with a directive known as a captain of the port order, which requires you to have an escort or a support vessel, specific safety and navigation equipment, oh, and a plan. You he, had got, no, he had no plan? Well, he had a plan in his head, but you have to submit a plan to the Coast Guard if you're going to do something like this. So for now, his hydropod remains beached at an oceanfront resort. And he says, now I'm dead. I don't have a car, and I put everything in my life into this. Can this I, is what I mean about not having a direction. Yeah, can I ask you a simple question? Yeah. Now, this guy, uh, he's 49. Mm-hmm. He's got a, probably a lot of life left in him. He's well, lived, this he's way. lived long enough to know better. You'd think. But if you're going to try to complete something, and uh, it's something that that nobody has ever attempted to do. Or wanted to. Or wanted to do. Do you think it ever crosses your mind, well, if no one's ever wanted to do this, maybe there's a good reason for that. Uh, Maybe maybe dumping my life savings into this is not necessarily a good idea. What if Christopher Columbus thought that way? Huh? We never would have gotten discovered having already been here. Before he got here. Well, I mean, Christopher Columbus uh, essentially got lost. Well. He didn't know what the hell and, he was doing and, either. And that's what this guy did. And as a result, Christopher Cross, uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher Cross uh, who was far more successful, by the way, than Christopher Columbus. Uh, but by getting lost, Christopher Columbus became so popular, he got a holiday. In, a, in an and earlier... Yet, and yet Christopher Cross didn't, even no, after Arthur's theme. Well, maybe when he dies, we'll play all of his songs the next day. Uh, in an earlier model of the hydropod, the man traveled 4,400 miles, 400 miles in the Pacific Ocean, but that contraption was destroyed several years later off the coast of Cape Canaveral. Now, there's no word here on how he got it from the Pacific Ocean to Cape Canaveral, which is clear, clear across the other side. He said that his planned trip to New York would have reached speeds of up to six knots. He had a hammock to sleep in. He planned to catch and eat fish, although it doesn't say how. And he had anti-nausea gum to manage seasickness. And to protect himself from the rough seas, he wore a bicycle helmet and a harness system. Oh, and to shield himself from the sun, he put up a shade with a photo of Nikki Ziering an actress and former model on The Price is Right who's right. appeared in Playboy, that was his sunscreen. Her pinup photos were featured prominently on, on right. his website. So the guy did have somewhat of a plan. It just it, wasn't a very good one. A horrible one. He's got, he's got a kid, which means the child has a mother, which means there's a woman out there who has slept with this guy and his stupidity. But, but are they even together? I don't think so. Do the child and the father even speak? I, I probably, I Is don't, it possible yeah. that this guy's obsession with this hydropod, which looks like a giant thread spool, uh, might be a little bit too nutty to maintain those kinds of relationships I, in his life? I Personally, I'd like to think so. I mean, I, you know, if you're, if you're saying that's my dad or... I married him. You know, if, he were, um, if this you guy, might, you might want to hide somewhere. If this guy were a scientist, uh, and he had, and had figured out all the scientifical, uh, the all, all the scientific ramifications of what he was about to undertake, 
and really had a plan. Like, it really did know what he was doing. I could say, all right, well, this is a, an interesting side note to world history. But, you know, when you, when you go into something and you haven't figured it out enough, that might be a problem. And you might be uh, prone to public ridicule. And, th- and this is what makes you want to then say, okay, I get the story about the hydropod and I understand the guy is a knucklehead, but I want to know more about him. I always found, uh, for me, I can't speak for anybody else. I know for me, I have absolutely no desire to be the first to do anything uh, you know, great or uh, mm-hmm. profound like driving around in a hydropod across the Atlantic Ocean. That, that's for somebody else to do. No, it's just up the East Coast. I would never, if I were a billionaire, I would not be the kind of guy that would build a rocket to spend 10 minutes in space. That would not be my thing. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be the kind of guy that want to fly in a hot air balloon across the world. That's, it's not me. I don't want to fly in a hot air balloon across the street. I mean, if 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 the most I have to do in a single day is change the batteries in a remote control, I'm pretty good with that. His initial goal was to get to either Bermuda or somewhere up the East Coast, with uh, with Florida being his starting point. And then, so then, you know, th- this goes bad. He knows he's not going to make it. And he washes up on a beach, and he and he's climbing out of the thing, and uh, you know the people on the beach are are watching this, and they're all laughing at him, all just all laughing it up at him, <laughs> and he got all embarrassed because they were laughing at him, dude. The whole world is laughing at you. You only saw the ones on the beach. I'm looking at a picture uh, of him in uh, some travel magazine in new zealand and he's wearing a shirt that's got uh denny's logos all over it like that's his main sponsor. oh he's got a sponsor it's got it yeah. you have to have a sponsor yeah, for I'm something like he this. didn't name his vessel the grand slam i wouldn't be surprised if denny's never lets them <laughs> this guy into their restaurants ever again okay i i just i just found a hyperlink for him but it looks like it's just more stories about this ah see i need to know about this guy now bubble man they're calling him bubble man yeah but he's a man in a bubble. Yeah. Well, who's got the TV remote? He does. That's what's so frustrating. What's your story? Yeah. <laughs> Take off your top. It's 822 on Rock 102. Hi, I'm Steve Tebow. On BaxonO'Brien.com. Wow, they got some uh, some really cool uh, vending machines over there in Tokyo selling a lot of um, Olympic memorabilia, a lot of Olympic merchandise. Well, rather, talking about, rather, rather than the merch table, you got to distance yeah. yourself. So, what better way is there yeah. than, than good old fashioned uh, vending machines? Yeah, and I mean that you know breakable stuff. I'm sure it's not one of those things that drops down like a soda can from the top of the machine. Oh, they're also boxed, so that probably helps too. But man, oh man, look at all that stuff. Yeah, boy, I tell you uh, what, that uh, I bet that cuts down on the lines too. And charge cards, of course. They, you know, not waiting. They're not waiting for you to fish out all the quarters for them. Oh yeah, they have charge card readers on the front. Uh, an Olympic pewter cup for my for my mule drinks. That's nah. it. I, I'm I'm into this whole uh, self serve stuff. I'm getting. To, I'm just savvy enough that I can uh, I can do the self checkout at Big Y. I can do it at uh, uh, CVS. I want to know though how the hell that thing knows that you didn't put something in the bagging area. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. That's that's that's, that's, that's like sorcer- sorcery to me. Really. I know, I know, and I and I do know. I've been told uh, by people in the know that 
they do often see a sharp increase in pilferage of of people who don't pay for certain items. Sure. Um, and it's kind of the cost of doing business. I told you, I I, I don't mind self serve, but I don't like looking up codes for produce. That's a you know I draw the line. You on don't that. even have to do that. Well, it's a four digit number. And it's on the the fruit, but it's numbers, and you know yeah, what? That oh, is yeah. just not my bag. That's 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 for somebody else. I, I do I, try I, to I'd rather have I'd rather have a qualified professional yeah. behind a register, uh, weighing, measuring, and entering the codes. Well, the good thing is, is all at least at Big Y, all of the self uh, checkout areas are monitored by an employee, so you can uh, first of all, they're trying to watch for your stealing. And uh, you can go, you know, I don't know how to do this. And they'll come over and they'll do it for you. And, and, and until they realize you're doing it for the fourth time with the same employee. <laughs> yeah, if, if if 75% of what's in my in my cart uh, are are produce items that have to be scanned. 75% of what's in your cart's produce? Well, I mean, for what are you a, What are you, a giraffe? No, I mean, but, you know, from time to time, I want to get, like, the Mackinac peaches. You know, they're only available for yeah, two weeks out I, of the year. I'm aware of the Mackinac peaches. It's 828. News is next to Rock 102. 833 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The winners of the state's Vax Millions drawing are scheduled to be announced today. Winner, right? Winners. I thought it was only one. No, the Vax Millions giveaway, a chance for five lucky and vaccinated residents to win $1 million. Yeah, five, prizes. five different drawings over the course of five weeks. Uh... I don't know about that. Yeah, no, it it is. Well, anyway, the Vax Millions giveaway, which is a chance for five lucky uh, and vaccinated residents to win $1 million. The program is a partnership between the Baker administration and the Mass State Lottery to get people vaccinated. All right. The uh, million-dollar prizes are for those 18 and older, but there is a separate giveaway for those vaccinated between the ages of 12 and 17. They have five chances to win up to $300,000 in college scholarships and cash and prizes. Tell them what they won, Bob. Well, yes, uh, John is correct. Uh, drawings on the 2nd, 9th, 16th, and 23rd. Yeah, so later today we'll hear who the one. It took four days from Monday to Thursday to figure out who the winner of the drawing is. Yeah, they're doing that uh, during every drawing. It's like, uh, it looks like three days Yeah, uh, after every one. But, you I know mean, I'm sure they're just vetting to make sure that the person did, in fact, get the vo- uh, get the vaccine. Yeah, because there would be no other reason to delay the announcement. No. Whereas in New York City, uh, they were showing this on the news last night, you go get the vaccine in a city-sponsored uh, vaccination site, you get 100 bucks. I just want them to spell my name right on the check. That's all I care about. If it's you know three days, five days, I'm willing to wait just as long as the name uh, is spelled correctly and it clears. I'd rather go to New York and just get the cash, not, not having to worry about a check. That's like a bank offering you $100 if they don't say hello. Wouldn't it be a kick in the face if you find out they pay you in gift cards? Oh, for no, crying out loud. No, they're not doing that. What is the, uh, what is the deal? Uh the greeting started with an H. Yeah. So, well, because they said, hey, ha, ha, hi, and that kind of stuff. You say, well, you got four greetings. They all started with an H. How about 20 bucks? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
A new bill at the state house would prevent first responders from taking photos of victims. It all stems from a murder that happened 10 years ago in the city of Chicopee. The bill's sponsor, Chicopee State Representative Joe Wagner, said he's now hoping to get some closure for the family of Amanda Plass. Back in 2011, Chicopee police took and uh, disseminated pictures of murder victim Amanda Plass. Plass's family was devastated to learn that the images were sent to colleagues and members of the public. Now they're turning their grief into advocacy, and they're hoping the legislature will join them in their fight. Uh, State Representative Joe Wagner said the bill and what it proposes to do is not only a matter of common sense, it speaks to accountability. But again, you know, we talked about this earlier this morning. People are going to be misled to to think that this means the police are not going to be taking pictures of crime scenes on their cell phones. They will be, as long as it is used as part of your official duties. Well, would they, I was going to say, would they specifically designate somebody at a crime scene to take pictures? No. Like I said, I mean, there were times, there were times I arrived at scenes that that I knew were very fluid. And and would change even before my even before backup got there. Yeah, you right. used to no. come in and show them all the time to us. So. No, yeah, I, right. no, I waited until a picnic. Yeah, uh, uh, or soccer one, practice. Yeah, especially some of those really violent ones. But um, but uh, no, and you'll you'll take but, a picture. Sure, but right away. But that's before. But moving forward, mm-hmm. you would you then maybe designate somebody? So it's. So back in the old days, when you had like a uh, like the police departments had a staff photographer yeah. taking yeah. pictures of the crime scene, they were the only ones taking the pictures. Well, when when the police go somewhere, if there are multiple officers, there is one who is the main officer. He will be the one who does the paperwork. He will be the one who does the investigation. He'll be the one who does any interrogations right. that might go along with it. So he probably will be the one who's taking photographs as well. I mean, I just think you you solve some of your problems uh, in this by not allowing every cop on the scene to be flashing pictures on their phones. And that's mm-hmm. not to say they're being irresponsible with it. But in order to avoid what happened in the in the in the Plas situation, where all of a sudden these pictures are getting into, you know, the wrong hands, you designate one person on the scene to do it, yep. and they're the only ones responsible for those pictures. Mm-hmm. I wonder if yeah. that if, if, if that's part of the bill or whether it should be. Uh, I'm not sure how you would maintain it and enforce it and, and and that kind of thing. The point is, you're not supposed to be disseminating them. You're not even supposed to be showing them to fellow officers. If you're using them for official use and there is a way to to download them into uh, like the police database, um, you can do that. But you're not especially not supposed to be showing them at soccer practices. Sound, sounds like somebody's got a case of the Sposedas. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like you're not, not supposed, supposed to do, do that. that. Yeah. Several members of the group arrested after an armed standoff along a Massachusetts highway earlier this month have filed a federal lawsuit alleging that state courts have no jurisdiction over the case. The suit filed by the Rise of the Moops in U.S. District Court in Rhode Island last week alleges defamation, <laughs> discrimination of national it's, origin, it, and deprivation of their rights under the color of law. It's, it's the Moors. Moors. Uh, I'm sorry, it says right here, Moops. The card says Moops. Oh, no. (laughs) It says moops. That's my favorite response. $70 million in damages. The Mass State Police and several individual troopers, the judge who presided over their arraignments, the state as a whole, and several media organizations are named as defendants. They leave anybody out? Uh, Doesn't sound like it. Newspapers. Every time I read this this story and read some of the details, I'm thinking if I ever get uh, arrested or have a problem with police... 
I think I'm going to use that excuse. Your laws do not apply to me. Yeah. And see how far that takes Good me. luck with that. Wasn't there people who used to say, uh, I'm not paying income taxes because there's no law yep. saying that I have to pay income taxes? Yeah, they're all in prison. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's the one way they get you. That's like, you know, like the Al Capone thing. I mean, uh, even the people who think that they are sovereign citizens right. and don't have to apply, uh, don't have to pay attention to the laws, are these guys still being held? Uh, I believe some of them are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were some that didn't haven't even identified themselves. Right. Yet. They would not say who they were in court. Yeah. And obviously they were not going to be released. Well, if you don't tell them your name, they can't keep you there. No, that's exactly <laughs> why they keep you there. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. A uh, southern Indiana man faces murder and other charges after firefighters found a woman's decapitated, mutilated body inside her burning apartment. It was here when I got here. What? It was here when I got here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where this body came from. It's not mine. 36-year-old Brian Williams of Clarksville was ordered held without bond during his initial hearing in Clark County on mur- uh, with murder. Oh, my God. Sound it out. On murder, arson, and misdemeanor theft charges, investigators say a fire crew responding Tuesday morning to a fire at 67-year-old Melody Gambetti's Clarksville apartment found her body on the floor. The News and Tribune reports that she had been decapitated and other body parts had been removed. Her body parts were found later Tuesday in a suitcase at Williams' home, along with other evidence. I'm Ironically, sorry. her nickname was Samsonite. Uh, stop it. Yeah, and this is not the uh, the same Brian Williams, the former anchor of NBC News. No, I would I would guess not. Well, he might tell you that. Could you say uh, the fire did those injuries? You can't say a fire decapitated and dismembered a person and put her parts in a suitcase. Well, but the suitcase was fireproof, at least. Yes. So that they wouldn't burn. But that, uh, <laughs> and you can't say it was self-inflicted either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, to go to those lengths, you know, it's one thing of like a heat of passion murder where you get uh, you get irritated with somebody somebody says and you, you stab them, you know? Well. It's not that it's right. I'm just saying it's like, okay, well, that's more understandable of like a knee-jerk reaction. But to dismember someone, you know how long that probably takes? At least an hour. At least a few hours, I would imagine. Well, I mean, it depends what you're using. If you're using a butter knife, it'll take a couple of hours. It it takes 94 minutes. You use a a sawzall. Look how long it took. uh, Sawzall? What are you, crazy? (laughs) Look how long it took. Talk about overkill. Look how long it took Tony Soprano and Christopher Moltisanti to, to clean up Ralph Soprano's body. That's right. And, and, then, and then his hair comes off. And yeah. then you, you, how did that happen? That was a good laugh in the show. That was a good laugh. Uh, last summer, an older gentleman in Germany started chasing after a wild boar that stole his bag. And a photo of it went viral because he was naked when it happened. He was doing some nude sunbathing at a lake near Berlin when the boar grabbed his bag and ran off. I'm talking about his his bag, his handbag. His uh, handbag, yeah. Right. And a woman named uh, Adele Launder got a got an action shot of it, and now that picture has inspired a brand new toy you can buy. A company that makes model trains recreated the moment with little action figures, and they're selling them as an accessory <laughs> for train sets so you can make it part of the landscape. And they actually captured it pretty well. There's a mini version of him running, and the wild boar has, its ba- has his bag in its mouth, just like in the photo. The company says sales have been pretty good so far, but uh, Adele isn't happy about it, and she she might sue them for recreating the photo without her permission. She's the one who's going to sue. Yeah, because she took the uh, she took the picture. She was not the, the guy who was naked being 
chasing a boar with his bag. Uh, well, for what it's worth, the guy in the picture doesn't seem to care about any of this. He gave Adele permission to post it on social media last year, but hasn't commented on the model train version, and his name has not been made public. So she's simply, we're talking like uh, copyright stuff here. Yeah. She doesn't think it's fair that somebody else took the picture that she took and is making millions of dollars off of it. Right. Yeah. Did the guy ever catch the boar? Uh, I don't know if he did or not. Did I he just, get his bag back? I don't know that either. Mm. Mm. But it's more about the action shot. You know, this is a, he's a, a chubby naked guy running around uh, after a boar. Portly, yes, but smart as a whip. But they, they <laughs> did recreate it very, you know, very well. Mm -hmm. You know, very yeah. but with attention to detail, including the grass and the leaves and the other blow-up toys that he had around him at this pond that he was at. What? Kind of blow-up toys that he had with him. Like a pool raft or a... You know, oh, like, like, a, oh. Uh, like a flotation device. Not like a sex doll. No. Must you sexualize everything? I mean, well, I mean, the, the guy's, guy's on the beach naked. You'd think maybe he wouldn't want to be alone. Yeah, but they're German. They get naked all the time the, when they the go The Germans swimming. love sunbathing everything. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, guys like Steve and I were, you know, were long-sleeved, dressed from head to toe, suntanning with jeans on. I mean, that's what we do. I want to be... Naked and out there, flipping and flopping on the on the beach, please. I don't know how you guys even walk around with those things. It ain't easy. It it definitely isn't easy. Uh, but I think I should uh, get a, a a spot recreated. You know what? They should they should recreate a a, a guy on a on a on a three wheeled motorcycle. Uh, okay, <coughs> okay, Clicky, that's <laughs> very funny. Who would want funny? that? Very funny. Clicking. Well, it's not about it's about the the uh, amusement of mm -hmm. it riding alongside of a train. Yeah, right. Train yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, clicky. You're a you got something else? No, that's it. Oh, you couldn't click to something else. Do you want me to click to something else? That's right. That's not. That. I just gave you a new nickname. Yeah, clicky. clicky? Mm -hmm. That doesn't even make any sense. It does. You, you listen, listen to him. All you hear is clicking. Well, because I'm moving the mouse. Back. I know you're moving the mouse. So what? Uh, so that's why I'm going to give you a nickname. You're going to give me the name yeah. Clicky. Clicky. That's, that's never going to stick. Yeah. It'll stick. It ain't going to stick. You know, I've tried to give you a couple of nicknames over the years, and <laughs> yeah. you oh, well, don't be, ever call me that again. Because they're usually vulgar. Or start with the F word. I thought Deputy Douche was a really good one. <laughs> I thought Obi Dick was pretty good. Was it? <laughs> yeah, Obi Dick. Obi Dick. Yeah, yeah that was right. a good one. Yeah. See, sometimes they just don't <laughs> stick. We gotta, we'll come up with one for you, too. <laughs> It'll stick when it clicks. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, cloudy with showers and thunderstorms possible later this afternoon and a high of 75. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 77. It's 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. If you're not